Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, guys, and welcome to episode 19 of the Spider Scoop Podcast. Got a good one for y'all today. We're going to start out with me and Austin catching you guys up on everything Spider Hoops, from scheduling to Jai Bailey being fully healthy um, to to everything in between. And then the back half, you're going to get to hear my interview with freshman Andre Weir and Jai Bailey. Uh, So stay tuned for that in the back half of the podcast. Uh, Also, fun announcement you guys might have heard on the last pod, but this is our first episode officially in the Believe Podcast Network family. So once again, shout out to our guys over there, Josh, Alex, and Braun, and and everybody over on that side. So thank you for that. And and with that being said, this uh, podcast is now streaming on all platforms, Spotify, Apple, Google, uh, iHeartRadio, it should be on at some point, so... If you're listening to this now, you've already found it, but you can find it anywhere. So like, subscribe, rate, unsubscribe, resubscribe, whatever we can get, we'll take it. And with that being said, let's get into it. Welcome to episode 19 of the Spider Scoop podcast. Austin, my man, it's round two, second take trying to start this off, but... It wouldn't be 2020 if it was going to be easy, so we knew we were going to have technical difficulties to start. Uh, What's going on, brother? How we been? Nothing much, man. Another Sunday of watching a good old football team play. Um, Had a, you know, injury earlier. Kyle Allen, ankle was pointing the wrong way. But, you know, besides that, things are are going okay. Man, I don't want to play quarterback for the Redskins. They got a – they're getting a rep. Not in the month of November. No, seriously not. Yeah, but at least you're watching some football, man. I'm Patriots. I am so beyond mentally tapped out right now. I've got a Monday night. I think they play the Jets tomorrow on Monday night football, so I'll probably be doing homework during that. Um, but, yeah, man, we were we talked a little bit about it off air, but see, it's ramping up. We're only a couple weeks away. Kind of a weird ramp up to the season where it's, it's everything's so up in the air and off schedule. It's almost like I don't know. It's almost like this weird disconnected build. I don't know if it's really going to hit either of us until the season actually starts, but how excited are you just knowing it's really going to happen? I, I think we're, you know, we weren't sure people thought maybe it would get canceled, but we all know we're getting some college basketball in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And, you know, I, obviously I've been excited, but it wasn't until this week where, you know, I was following the D one docket on Twitter and just see all these teams releasing schedules. And it's like, okay, like this is actually happening. Cause you know, We've been sitting here, oh, well, this game's still up in the air. Well, we don't know about this one. When I see a set schedule in front of me, obviously Richmond hasn't released theirs yet, but seeing all these other schools do it, that's when it kind of hit me. And Ken Palm rankings came out. So like you said, it all kind of came out at once, and it's just Mm kind of – it's overload right now. And, man, I I don't think I've ever been this excited for college basketball season. Definitely. Since since you hit that, we may as well – I want one thing I want to talk about. We may as well just jump into Ken Palm right now. Um, obviously Ken Palm ratings, uh, rankings came out the other day. And as we all know, you know, the, the big thing, uh, obviously, especially before Nick got hurt was who's going to be the preseason favorite in the a 10. 
for the most part, people were saying either SLU or Richmond. I think more people were leaning Richmond than SLU, but it was kind of a toss up. Obviously, Nick gets hurt, and now you know probably most people would agree consensus SLU first overall. So so Ken Palm agreed. Uh, he had uh, in the A10. Uh, Ken Palm had. Let me see. It was SLU was first. Um, I want to say around 47. I have to double check, but it was SLU was first. Um, Dayton was second. Both of them were in the high 40s. I have to double check high 40s. And then Richmond came in third at 62. I know I that doesn't surprise me that they're behind those two teams. Obviously, with a Nick injury, that hurts you in terms of your national appearance. And obviously, those are two teams they lost to last year in A10 play. But I do feel like even with Nick hurt, 62 seems kind of low. Like, I, you know, we're obviously biased, but they're, that's a top, you got to think they're a top 50 team. Oh, no, I agree completely, especially, um, you know, seeing all the buildup, um, you know, they should be ranked top 25 preseason, all this stuff. Obviously, like you said, the Sherrod injury is a huge deal, but we've talked about how nationally that's more of a people that don't really follow Richmond as close and they look and see, oh man, they lost their leading three point shooter. They're done. But if you follow this conference closely, if you follow this program closely, we talked about, I've said this over and over and over again, but it's next man up mentality. And the depth on this team is, is absurd. So now I, I was surprised to see 62, but at the end of the day, it's, it is what it is. We're just going to climb. Um, I mean, I can see this team easily cracking top 25 Ken Palm this year. Yeah, definitely. And I, and I and I think the biggest difference, too, is especially looking at SLU, um, is that you're going to see Richmond have chances to climb up this this list really fast. Um, and, and SLU, that's really not the case. Obviously, they lost their major MTE down in Florida, all the ESPN events down, down in Orlando, obviously getting scrapped. So they miss out big time on some chances to, to build a resume. And Richmond, on the other hand, because of COVID and COVID messing up scheduling, actually ends up adding a top 10 team to their schedule in West Virginia. So you're going to see them right off the bat early in the year. They're going to get chances against two top 15 teams in Kentucky um, in West Virginia. And I, I want to ask you a question, Austin. When do you think was the last time? And obviously this isn't, we don't know what where Kentucky and West Virginia are going to finish, but based on their current Ken Palm rankings of uh, 11 and eight, yeah, West Virginia's eight. Based on those, when do you think was the last time the Spiders played two top 15 teams in a season on Ken Palm? Has it ever happened? Like, do, do you know the answer? Like, has this ever happened before? Because I honestly, I couldn't tell you. I don't know if it even did. So the last time that they they faced two top 15 teams like this, 2010, 2011. You know what happened that year? I do know what happened that year. They lost to Kansas number three in the Sweet 16. So there you go. So they they the last time they had opportunities like this, they got to the Sweet 16. So they, they've got the chances. They've done it before. Um, so, so, I mean, that's, it, they're only set up for success now, obviously, like we've talked about things change a lot and you see that reflect in that number 62 ranking when Nick goes down, but like you were talking about the depth on this team this year is kind of, is pretty ridiculous compared to what they've had in the past, but just as we've seen when Nick got hurt, they're starting to add a couple question marks. Now, you know, we kind of thought we were going to have Connor Crabtree back in the mix by now. He still has the, the injury kind of lingering. He's not fully back yet. Like we thought he'd be, he's getting close. I don't know if he's going to be ready for the start of the season. He could be, he could not be. It's, I, I think they really aren't going to know till they get there. Um, but, but even with that, they're still set up to fill, fill him in, you know, Jai uh, Bailey is back um, fully healthy, fully participating. So that's a guy that you could possibly see get more minutes than we expect early in the season. 
Um, so, so how do you think they're going to ramp up? I know you talked about the depth a little bit, but we've seen a couple things change in the past couple of weeks. Where's this rotation looking right now? You know, I'm more confident now looking into the future. Like you said, thinking of Jai and what better experience to get than coming in first couple of games of the season, you're playing Kentucky at Rupp arena. You could be playing at West Virginia. I mean, like you said, two top 10 teams for a freshman to come right in and just kind of, kind of fill his role, see what, um, see where he's at, especially coming off of injury, but no, uh, it's insane. I'm always, I've always been the pessimistic sports fan my entire life, but it's something about this team at every sport I watch. This is the only team where no matter what happens, I have a hundred percent confidence and I really think that just boils down to the faith I have in the coaching staff, as well as the depth, you know, that's my thing. I need to get a t-shirt just as depth because that's um, kind of all I say here, but I'm just confident, man. I really think Jai is going to play um, a decent amount, especially with um, Crabtree still kind of, kind of shaky, like you said. Um, but I'm really curious to see how the freshman rotation works because, you know, we got guys like Andre who, I, we play Moorhead State game one, throw them in there. Get, let's get these guys some experience. Let them play Division One college basketball, and let's hit the ground running. How quickly do you think, because obviously they start out with that MTE, and you basically go from two, you know, JV teams to playing, then, you know, Kentucky, a number 11 in the country, who also we should add Olivier Saar, preseason All-American, just got a waiver. So he's now eligible for Kentucky as well, which only makes that – an even more difficult game, but, but we look at that jump, you know, Moorhead state 317 on Ken Palm, Detroit 212, and they jump into Kentucky. How do you think Mooney handles those first two games in terms of, you know, there's going to be, like you said, the freshman, you know, is Connor going to be healthy is kind of up in the air. Do you see him maybe like throwing guys like Jai and Andre and Isaiah in those first two games? Or do you think he's going to want to, even with them being really easy opponents, he's going to want to just play his set rotation and get ready for Kentucky. You know that I I could see these games. I can see Richmond winning these by fifty, just like you said, for that sole purpose of we have two, and I'm not going wood two JV games, like you said, leading into Kentucky. So, yeah, I mean maybe a few minutes here and there, but I really think, especially with the weird off season, not having the full amount of time to just kind of really solidify what you're gonna do because you you can't cough up um, opportunities against a team like Kentucky, especially on the road. So. No, I expect to see the freshman play, but nowhere near as much as – I can't even say – I'm not expecting to play a whole lot, but they'll get in. They won't um, – I don't think anybody will light it up, but we just need to solidify that top five and see um, see where they're at because Kentucky's a pretty tough test. Definitely. And as we know, we've established you are our program's resident mid-major expert. Um, so we obviously – we just added um, you know Northern Iowa to the schedule December 9th. Um, Hofstra is probably coming. It's going to be later in December. That date is to be determined. So obviously you and I, number 77, Ken Palm, Hofstra, 148. So you and I, that's a really good game for them. Hofstra, solid game. You know, it's not, not going to be a Q4 probably at least. Um, so why don't you give us the rundown? Just give us a couple quick hitters, a little bit, what you know about both of those teams, prep the spider fans, you know, what are those two games, uh, adding to this resume potential? Uh, yeah, Northern Iowa, um, Again, if you haven't watched much other mid-major basketball, very similar to Richmond. Um, I will say, he's completely drawn a blank on the guy's name. I'll have to look that up in a minute. But they have one guy who he can light it up from downtown. He's on um, first-team preseason um, for their conference, All-American. So 
obviously he's going to be, he got to watch it. You know, obviously help if I could remember his name off the top of my head, but Hofstra is a team that interests me. And a couple of years ago, if we'd added this game, I'd have been like, eh, whatever. But Hofstra came off of one of their best years they've ever had last year. Um, you know, the whole tournament cancellation sucks, especially for a team like them. They hadn't been in the tournament in a long time. They won the colonial um, and they were looking good. They, they were, they were a fun team to watch. I watched them. Um, the semifinals and the conference final of um, the CAA tournament. And they're quick. I mean, they, they were a fun team to watch. So I think that game could, I'm not going to call it a trap game because I expect us to run away with it, but they're, they're, they're a team that could hang with us for a little bit. So keep your eye on that game for sure. Um, but the Bucknell, Moorhead State, Detroit game, I don't have any real concerns or worries about those. Gotcha. So when, when we look at it, they've got eight games now chalked up, you know, date pending on Hofstra, but they, we know that game's set. Um, probably going to add one more game to this non-conference schedule. Um, I, this is going to come out. Yeah, I guess you'll, you guys will be listening to this on Monday or later. It sounds like they should have their last game on the books sometime this week, maybe by the time you listen to this, but probably sometime this week. Um, what, what kind of opponent do you think? So now obviously you've got the two juggernauts from West Virginia and Kentucky. You've got a really solid game against you and I, you've got some other kind of middle of the pack, the Charleston game, you and I game. Um, what kind of opponent are you looking for them to get? You know, we've seen before COVID threw everything in the air. We obviously, you know, ODU um, was was up in the air. They've released their schedule. And we know they're not playing them. Um, you know, Cincinnati was a game that's been thrown around. People have tossed around BC. They're not going to play BC. But what are what are what's a type of game, a type of opponent that you'd like to see them fill this ninth game with? Um, you know, looking at the schedule now, playing the first three, first four on the road, the first three in Kentucky and then in Charleston. I would like to see. Throw in a home game. Give, um, I mean, Bucknell and Hofstra, you know, they're they're extremely winnable games. The only home game that's really appealing is Northern Iowa. So I wouldn't mind seeing, I mean, I would love to have like, you know, a Belmont, a, a just another competitive mid-major. My dream, Wichita State, would love to see us match up with the Shockers. Um, mm-hmm. So a team like that, but obviously this year, you know, they're probably going to look for maybe a little bit more local um, somewhere in North Carolina, maybe up in the DC area. Um, but no, honestly, at this point we could be playing the high school I teach at, and I'd be happy with that game being on the schedule. Yeah. Yeah. So I, like I said, you know, we're, we're, we're going to know this game the next couple of weeks. Um, you know, can't, can't say where, when it's going to be. I will say this is going to be a top 80 Ken Palm team. So, you know, they're, they're not going to be, a, it's not gonna be a top 20 opponent, but it's not going to be, you know, a, a Q4 game or anything like that. So, this is going to be a game that can, you know, potentially add to their resume and, you know, something they obviously we've talked about, they're going to need to do on a limited non-conference schedule, but, but they're, you know, in terms of standings with the A-10, I mean, they, they probably have the best non-conference schedule in the entire league. So relative to to Dayton and in SLU, there's a lot of pressure on them not to mess up. You know, you Richmond's got a lot of leeway with uh, the way the schedule is constructed. Um, so what, with, with that being said, why don't we move on to a couple of quick things. Um, got to give some acknowledgement to Jacob Gilliard and Grant Golden. Uh, respectfully put on the Bob Cousy award watch list and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar watch list for top point guard and center in the nation. Um, quick thoughts, you know, we, we know what these guys are. We know how great of players they are, but what does it mean just to see them at least get that national recognition before the year? That's exciting, man. It's, it's well-deserved. These guys, um, they've done so much for this program. Um, it's cool to see. I, I saw something. Um, I also follow Virginia basketball pretty closely, you know, living in Virginia, growing up here. It was, I think, Richmond 
Virginia, and one other program were the only three schools that had more than one guy in a different position on that um, top 20 list. So, that, I mean, that's just exciting. And that that gives, um, you know, just some more credibility to what Mooney's bringing into this program, not only what he's bringing in, but what he's producing. And mm-hmm. when you get guys on lists, preseason lists for an award of any caliber, I mean, that that's a big deal. And it shows what, what's happening is working. So, no, it's deserved. And I know we probably heard this way too much lately, but vote. Make sure you vote for him. You can vote once a day. Um, it's tricky, though. When you vote, you have to validate your vote as well. So you got to check your email, go through the link. But make sure you're all doing that. These guys deserve all the um, all the national acknowledgement they're getting. Yep. Voting is the theme of 2020, isn't it? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, like, like you said, you know, you've said it all. I don't, I don't think much more needs to be added there. Obviously, Jacob and Grant getting the getting the recognition they deserve. And two guys that I think you most certainly expect are going to get some NBA looks um, at, at the very least, get some kind of undrafted opportunities. There's going to be and plenty of NBA scouts. Um, I'm watching these guys. A little recruiting activity. Uh, Spiders filled their fourth uh, scholarship for the 2021 class. Um, and that is Aiden Noyes. Uh, he's a six-six wing kind of wing guard, uh, athletic, bouncy kid, really, really good shot mechanics, really consistent jump shot. So a guy that can spread the floor, um, probably a guy that's going to need to fill out a little bit defensively. Um, it it kind of depends if they're going to want to use him more in that like two to three role or see him play a little more like Tyler kind of in that three to four. Um, so, so they added that guy, um, rounds out that class in addition to Marcus Randolph, Malcolm Dredd, Jason Nelson. So I think we obviously all know one spot left. You got to fill that with a big man. I mean, that's the only thing they're lacking. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, noise is intriguing. I like it's 6'6", 175 is – that's an interesting size to me. I really – I'm curious to see um, how his um, season goes this year, see what he can um, – produce but he I mean he had some decent college offers looking at him um another A10 you know crosstown rival VCU offered him as well so always good to steal a guy away from them but um no I'm excited for this um recruiting class this is what 2021 I'm looking forward to seeing what these guys can do and again I'm just trusting the process of what Mooney and the coaching staff are doing Mm. where so where do you look at the direction of this program in terms of recruiting you know obviously this was a this class had really big expectations. And I think that, you know, we probably got really amped up and thought maybe they could have grabbed some even bigger guys. You know, they'd missed out on some guys. Like we said, they'd missed on Duncan Powell and Ian Shefflin and some other guys, but Jason Nelson, obviously a big pickup. We've already talked about Malcolm dread. We think he could be an underrated guy um, kind of much similar to how, what happened with Tyler. Um, we have obviously talked about Marcus Randolph before. So I, I think it's heading in a really good direction. I think, you know, what happens with this last guy, if they can pick up a decent big man, so you got to think, that after next year, all you're going to have are Andre Weir and Tyler Burton to play your kind of four or five roles. And, you know, Tyler's that three, four guy. So you, you really need another big man. Um, you know, the, the A-10's making some noise. Dayton picked up two four stars in the course of three days and Deron Holmes and, and Caleb Washington VCU's had some big pickups. How do you see Richmond keeping up with the top of the A-10 moving forward? And, you know, they got the new practice facility. Are they building the momentum that they need to, to become a mid-major institution? Oh, hundred percent. Um, you just, you hit exactly what I was going to talk about just then with the new practice facility. That's something right there. That's huge. When you have something of that caliber where you got a guy coming in and taking a look on a visit and you walk him into that, um, center and just you're starstruck. It doesn't matter how many colleges you've been to. It doesn't matter where you go. 
when you see a facility of this caliber, it's, it's like, okay, they, they're dumping money into the program. They want to win. So no, Richmond is by far definitely trending in the right direction. And in college basketball, it's kind of easy to tell, you know, as a fan, if things aren't going right, you know, like, man, this year is going to suck. We're not going to do much, but when we can have the optimism that we're having right now with this team, that's all you need to know about if this team's trending in the right direction. And that's even to, you know, like me, myself, formerly pessimistic sports fan, but even me, I'm excited and I'm, I'm ready for a deep run. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. And, and like, like you mentioned, you know, we obviously talked about the practice facility. Um, people may have seen on social media and stuff, but I took a, took a trip down to Richmond for a week. I got back on Thursday, went down and visited some friends. Um, I got to go catch a practice, watch the spiders play. Um, I got a tour of the new practice facility and let me say it, it is everything that they've talked about exceeded expectations. I mean, everything in there, like they, I mean, just on the tables in the locker room, they have these built-in wireless chargers. We can just put your phone on the table and it just charges. It is the most ridiculous thing. You know, every bell and whistle that you can imagine. Um, all the, the training room is magnificent with the aquatic, I don't even know, underwater hydro. I'm just making up words for <laughs> special training. Um, but no, that is great. You know, we obviously actually you are going to hear it in the Andre and Jai interview that's coming up after we're done uh, chopping. I asked them about it. I said, from your guys' perspective, when you're coming in as recruits and, you know, when you're hearing the coaching staff talk about their facilities and you're seeing these social media and, and videos and stuff like that online, like, does that really make a tangible difference with a recruit or is it really just like a marketing thing? And they're like, no, like we really like value that stuff. Um, so, so that's only going to help them. And it was long overdue. We saw VCU built their new facility um, a, a few years ago. So, so they needed it. Um, in terms of my visit, getting to see practice, uh, a couple of takeaways, I guess, from that. Um, I was really, you know, one thing we've talked a lot about on here, especially since Nick uh, got hurt was, you know, we know Tyler's the next guy up, but Tyler's a very different guy than Nick. Nick's obviously the big, you know, bombs away three point shooter. We've seen Tyler space the floor out. But it's a really small sample size. Um, I was kind of surprised in two ways watching this practice. The first way I was surprised, he actually looked a little bit slow and sluggish. Um, Mooney was actually getting on him a few times through the practice where, he was kind of calling him out, you know, Tyler was just kind of having some mental lapses. So I was a little surprised by that, but you know, everyone has an off day so that, you know, I, I wouldn't think of anything of it long-term, but what I did see that really struck me was Tyler was super confident shooting the rock. Like he was controlling the gym. I mean, he went four or five straight possessions and just five on five, just pulling up off the dribble from, you know, three, four feet behind the line. Um, he looked really confident out there. And that's something we saw him showcase a little bit in conference play last year. Um, how much does he change this team if all of a sudden this is a 37% guy from the three-point line that's creating shots and not just spacing the floor? Oh, definitely. No, especially with a guy as athletic as he is, he can make all the difference this year. Um, so he's going to be a huge factor. I honestly might sit here and say he is the he's going to be the X factor on this team. And a guy as explosive as he is, and especially if he's confident with his shot, like you were saying, um, makes all the difference in the world shooters shoot and you know you once they see that ball go through the net some guys that's all they need so I think Tyler Burton really is going to be the x factor this year for this team um, especially trying to fill the um, Nick Sherrod gap yeah yeah no doubt no doubt he completely changes the style of the team if he can do that um, we saw that and I think I want to say it was George Mason when he had his his kind of uh, breakout game last year and I think that's a game he hit like three three or four three pointers so we've seen him do it before 
Um, so that's pretty much it from us. Quick updates. Uh, anything else you want to round it out with? No, man, that's it for me. I'm just looking forward to getting this going. All right. It is November 8th. We are just weeks away from spider basketball. The long awaited off season of COVID and missing March sadness is gone. We are finally back, baby, back in the Robin center. Austin, it feels great, man. No one probably only have one more episode and then we're back at it. It's great, man. Keep looking forward to it. All right. That's it from us. Uh, stay tuned. We're going to roll the Andre Weir and Jamon Bailey uh, interview. You're going to hear from the other two freshmen uh, in our next episode, episode 20. So that's going to be with Quentin Southall and uh, Isaiah Wilson. So with that being said, we'll talk to you guys in a couple weeks. I just got the key. They let me in. No ID. Doors opening up for me and now I see. I've been blind for a while now. I've been blind for a while now. A couple of special guests on today joining us on the Spider Scoop podcast. We've got freshman uh, Andre Weir, Jamon Bailey. Boys, what's going on? How's uh, how's life at U of R? It's pretty good, man. Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. A little bit different from what you guys probably expected, uh, senior year of high school. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. What's uh, what's the adjustment been like uh, just coming to campus? You know, college is obviously a lot different, and especially right now during COVID. Is the biggest adjustment is like having Zoom classes. Mm. Honestly, like it's a lot harder to get to get involved. Like, it's a lot less personal, you know, when you're doing virtual learning mm. and stuff like that. Scheduling with workouts and that that's probably the only part that makes it difficult. But workouts and everything else, as far as that, about what I expected. Yeah, yeah. Are are all your classes online? Yeah, I got I, all, all four of my classes are um, online. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What was it like? Uh, you know, I'm sure there were adjustments getting to campus, trying to figure out what all the different brick buildings are and everything a little bit confusing and stuff. Uh, that probably helped over the summer to, to get here early and learn from the guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I, I think you guys kind of have an interesting perspective on all this, obviously, because I talk with my friends and, you know, we were in college for the whole time and you guys were in high school when this all hit us and then you made the transition to college. So you've been at home and in high school, at during this and you've also now got to see it you know at college you know a lot of our listeners are alumni and, and people that are out of school altogether now can you kind of just describe for them having seen those two different perspectives how much different it is you know with the covid protocols and being on a college campus during this versus just being out in you know the normal world yeah once you get done uh the biggest difference i would say is to stay motivated mm. like motivated for class and Mm-hmm. Like Dre says, just not as personal anymore being on Zoom. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the biggest difference is just being motivated. And then you don't really meet new people. I mean, we're all friends on the team, but we don't really get a chance to meet new people with COVID yeah. protocols. Yeah. How much harder do you think that transition would have been if you weren't playing basketball, just coming in as a new student this year? Oh, it would have been a lot harder. Because yeah. with a basketball team, I mean, you have to actually connect with your teammates anyway. Mm-hmm. So you don't really have friends coming in if you want an athlete, unless you know a couple of people here. Mm-hmm. So why don't you guys, uh, we'll start with uh, with Jai. Why don't you take me through uh, maybe what your daily routine looks like these days? So for me, I get up early in the morning, probably around 8, 8.30. Mm-hmm. I go to work out with Will, come back, shower and everything, get ready for class, do my class on Zoom. Then I go back to the gym probably around 12 or 1. I have weights and then I'll watch them practice after I do weights. And then after practice, I might have another class. 
And after that class, I'm pretty much done with the day. Mm-hmm. How about you, Andre? Uh, mine's about the same, to be honest. Just, I'm practicing. Josh's not right now. I'll be back next week. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, pretty much the same. Wake up in the morning. Uh, get a little bit of work in with Will. Take a shower. Um, head to class. And then we got to lift before we practice. So, mm-hmm. How's the new practice facility looked so far? It's nice. Yeah, it's real it's nice. Fun. Yeah, it's coming together good, too. So Yeah. How much are, are you guys being able to use it for the most part? Or are still things getting updated and getting completed? uh we we like interchanged with the girls team so mm. we'll go like we'll go two three days a week in there and then two three days in the robin center depending it like flip-flops kind of every week mm. so so for you two guys you're the the first class to come in where you're the first class that you haven't seen richmond facilities without this new place this is what you're going to know for four years you know as a, as recruits and you know you went through that recruiting process obviously you guys both had at one point committed to other schools when you look at it from a recruit's perspective, seeing a facility like that and seeing a program that takes basketball so seriously and has these incredible facilities, how does that, you know, change the thought process for a recruit and how big of a role can that kind of play in that process? Um, I think it plays a big role. When you see like a school really takes your sport that you play seriously, mm. you just, you want to go there because they're getting the new facilities for you, the best things possible for you to be better on the mm. court. Yeah. Yeah. So, so for you guys, you know, I think that the biggest thing we've seen with the recruiting classes, obviously you guys are one of the most talented recruiting classes between you two and Isaiah and can't leave our guy Q out, of course. Um, you know, but, but the biggest thing is also, it's not just that you guys are talented, but it's a play fit. You all have, you know, styles that fit, you know, with the personnel on the team, but also really with the style of play, the kind of that Princeton influence offense, the man-to-man defense, you know, for, for Jai, obviously you're a multi-level scorer who can, you know, play the guard, kind of play at the wing, you know, Andre, we all know that you're kind of trying to, they're trying to make you into the next Grant Golden, you know, soft touch, being able to pass the ball out of the post. Um, can you guys kind of talk about, I guess we can start with Andre first, describe yourself, your play style and how you see yourself fitting into this, you know, Richmond style. Uh, yeah, I think I play, I think I play in a lot of ways pretty similar to Grant. Um, just, mm-hmm. well, I like to, I like to play on the block and like, you know, high post stuff like that, get my guys. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I can pass the ball, stuff like that. I feel like I'm fitting pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. But offense is like, it's a little bit difficult to understand when you first come in. Yeah. The thing of it, it's like, it's, it's good and it fits my play style real well. That was one of the bigger factors in me choosing to come here, so. Yeah, definitely. How about you, Jai? I think the, I like to think of myself as a facilitator, even though I can mm-hmm. score the ball at the mid-range three inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming to Richmond, with the offense, like Dre said, it's a little difficult to learn, but I think I'll fit well in just making the right play because that's really what our offense is, just making the right play. Yeah. So you guys both mentioned that, that obviously it's a system that fits you guys well, but it's you know pretty fast and complex. It's, it's, it takes a while to learn. Um, where are you guys in that in that progress in terms of where's your comfort level with the system? Obviously, it's going to take time to, to learn and fit into that. Where do you guys feel like you're at right now? Uh, I feel like I'm in a pretty good place right now. Um, mm-hmm. We're still putting a couple more things in, but for our, our base offense that we're doing, I pretty I feel like I got a pretty good hang of it as of right now. Probably the past like two weeks, I've been really starting to understand it more. So, yeah. So you you mentioned Grant, obviously, who's like you said, very similar player to you, and that's a guy that's now been there, going to be his fifth year on the team. Obviously, there's a plethora of wings and guards that Jai's learning from. You know, who have been some of those guys for you? Some of the veterans that 
have helped you and kind of learn this system and, and, you know, kind of more broadly, how huge is it for you guys, despite being so talented, not having these, this immense pressure thrown on you as a freshman. Cause we saw a guy like Tyler last year who came in super talented, didn't really have any pressure to make a huge impact. And it really let him flourish as, as the season went on. Uh, honestly, all the guys, all the guys are a pretty big help. Um, all the guys that, you know, uh, Gilly G, um, Nick, Nate, Blake, whenever you mess something up or you're about to mess something up, you know, they're really good at, at redirecting that and letting you know what you need to fix and handle. Mm-hmm. Um, biggest help for, for me personally has probably been like Jordan Gately, if mm-hmm. I'm being honest. He, uh-huh. that, he knows the system. He knows the system. Yeah. yeah. And go dummy offense and stuff like that with him. He's real helpful, so. Yeah, kind of like having an extra coach out there. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Jai, you have any guys that have been helping you out kind of learn the wing and guard space? Yeah, I would say everybody on the team really just been helping us out. For me, I'll probably say Jacob and Tyler. I mean, I've been talk, talking to Tyler a lot lately up to this last year and then how I can help the team like he did last year. Yeah. Can you guys talk a little bit about, uh, I guess we can start with Jai, the balance. Like, you know, like we said, I think there there's a, kind of fine line and it depends player to player but you know for some guys being you know thrown into a starting role as a freshman can be a lot but at the same time riding the bench you know maybe you can't make progress can you kind of talk about where you think for yourself that kind of nice line is of not having that pressure this year being able to learn from these guys but also knowing that you do especially with Nick's injury have a chance to see minutes and kind of fit in with these veteran players and be able to get that experience and balance those two factors I feel like I mean, we're not in a bad position at all. We have we have the time to learn from the mm-hmm. other other players on the team that's been here. And then we just take their knowledge and if we see more minutes that Nick is gone, mm-hmm. we can just be good on the court just from the knowledge that we get from the veterans on the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It, it, you talked about, you know, Nick and stuff and you know, obviously that's a guy who you you know, you only got to play with him for a few months, but you know, everything, it, when he got hurt, you know, 90% of the talk on media and things is almost as much about what that guy does off the court than it is on the court. You know, I know it's just been, you know, a short time you guys have been with him, but can you speak a little bit on, you know, what his impact's been on the team and him as a leader? He's just, he's a great guy. Like mm-hmm. Nick's, you hate, you hate to see something like that happen to someone like Nick. Like, mm-hmm. he's just a great leader, leads by example. He's a bucket. He always does what he needs to do. Probably knows the defense better than anyone. And, yeah, no, he's just he just is a great lead-by-example type of guy. Yeah, definitely. So one thing I want to run through with you guys is we brought it up a little bit earlier, but you both are, you know, kind of had a somewhat similar commitment process in terms of obviously, you know, Jai, you were committed to Wake Forest. Andre, you were committed to Northeastern. Both decommitted different circumstances. Um, but, but part of being a, a late commit is when you guys, you know, April and, and May commitments is that was right you know, fresh off of the spiders kind of run before COVID hit. That was right around the time when, you know, they had just been ripping through a 10 play. People are talking about them as a bubble team. And, you know, by April and May, everyone's saying it could be a top 25 team. How much did the timing of that being late commitments and having that momentum going for the program affect your decision? And especially making that decision at that time versus an earlier commitment when maybe those things weren't going for them. Um. I mean, it made an impact, but at the end of the day, I made my decision coming to Richmond because it just felt like home for me. Mm. Like, it has great academics, a great basketball program, honestly, have we seen the past year. Mm. So it's just a big, 
decision for me was it felt like home. Mm-hmm. Was Richmond on your radar, and, and how much was it on your radar, maybe from the initial commitment um, when you first went to Wake Forest? My initial commitment, they won't, because I, I kind of committed a little early. Mm. I didn't really give give Richmond the time. Yeah. How about for you, Andre? You obviously committed to Northeastern a little bit later. I think, was it September of last fall? Was Richmond yeah. on your radar at that time as well? No, they actually hadn't recruited me at all um, mm. before I decommitted. And then I decommitted, and I had a couple of A-10 schools. Um, it was mm-hmm. St. Bonnie's, uh, Rhode Island. And, um, no, nah, I mean, they just do a, they do a great job recruiting here. You know, Jake's mm-hmm. talking to me a lot and sent me a lot of film and clips and stuff like that. And they just showed me how they could develop me. Yeah. That's that's what I was really looking for when I was making my decision was who could turn me into the player I want to be. So, Yeah, so I think I, you lucked out too. I don't know if you know, but I'm from Boston and it's actually just snowed back there today. So you actually, you lucked out being down here in Richmond. Um, Jai, kind of going back to you and, you know, obviously I think that was a, a major situation, not just for you, but across college basketball, obviously Danny Manning, um, gets fired at Wake Forest, Steve Forbes comes into play. And, and as you said, you still did, you know, consider Wake Forest. You didn't decommit and you, you considered, um, staying around. Can you kind of talk about how much Wake Forest and maybe some of the other schools remained in play for you before you ultimately decided to go to Richmond? Um, the biggest thing with the whole situation was was just relationship. I I had a strong relationship with Manny, Coach mm-hmm. Manny, the new coach, uh Steve. I didn't really have as strong as a relationship as I did with Manny. So that just led me mm-hmm. to the decision to decommit. Mm-hmm. And then when I decommitted, Richmond reached out. I think I had the strongest relationship out of every college that reached out. I talked to them every day, Coach Jenkins. Mm-hmm. Talked to Tony a couple of times. And that just ultimately led to my decision to come here. Definitely. So you guys obviously now all here, season's coming up soon, less than a month away. And, you know, I think a lot of people are talking about, you know, as long as it goes as planned, this is going to be one of the best out-of-conference schedules Richmond's played in a long time. You guys have some really awesome opportunities to to go on the road in some neutral site games. Are there a couple of games uh, on the schedule that you're looking at that uh, you're really excited to play? Uh, you know, I, th- I think I got some in mind, but would love to hear about it. I think you know. I think you know. <laughs> game at Rupp. Mm-hmm. But um, no, honestly, that's specifically that's the most important one. I mean, this is huge to play Kentucky. You know, no matter yeah. where you go to college. So yeah. yeah, you guys grew up watching Kentucky, I'm sure, and seeing Coach Cal on there. What's uh, can you even imagine what it's going to be like to get to play in there on national television? I think it's going to be crazy, but I don't think it's going to have the same effect as it would, you know, without COVID. Mm-hmm. Obviously, not being able to have fans and stuff like that, but even just to mm-hmm. be in the arena and play against him. And, it's gonna, be, it's gonna be a great experience. Yeah, definitely. And almost, you know, getting getting that uh, West Virginia game as well. You know, COVID canceling some of the stuff may have even worked out better for you guys being able to add that game late. Um, so, so Jai, obviously, you're you've been dealing with injury with a wrist injury coming back. And um, I, first, if we can talk about too, I know you mentioned you've been working on your left hand. Um, you know, Andre, you obviously are a guy that came in, and everyone's been talking about the fact that this is a guy that's gotten in drastically better shape in just a few months he's been on campus. Um, you know, you guys are working on different things, you know, for you, obviously there was a conditioning Jai the left hand. What are some other parts of your game that, that you guys are really focusing on and, and looking to make strides in at the college level? Uh, for me right now, I'll say conditioning because mm-hmm. everything else will come, but I just got to get in condition. If I don't, if I don't, if I'm not in condition, everything else won't come. And then mm-hmm. the second thing I'll probably say getting stronger with my body. Mm-hmm. 
How about you, Andre? Uh, same. I mean, not conditioning at this point, but same type of things. Um, strengthen my body. And mm-hmm. one specific thing I really been trying to work on is my uh, my vision, like out of the post, mm-hmm. out of that, that high low situation, and just you know being able to know where guys are on the court, make the right reads and stuff like that out of our offense. So. Yeah. How how much faster is it? Just the difference between the high school and the college level. It's crazy. Yeah. Especially especially the way we run offense, it's crazy how much different it is. Yeah. But if anything, it maybe prepares you more, throwing you into the fire and getting to play with guys, like we said, who already know the system like the back of their hand. Um, so so one thing that I really, you know, we, we can't really avoid is obviously you guys are on campus and, and in a city of Richmond that has a deep, you know, history and race. And right now there's a time of great social unrest and in a really big election. And you guys are on a team that's like we said, the city of Richmond has its history and you've got to see guys like Nick and other people on your team you know, be major voices and be outspoken. Um, what's it been like to just be an athlete and be a student on campus during such a, you know, great, crazy time, honestly, in the country? I mean, obviously with everything going on around we are right now, can make things different. Um, mm-hmm. Richmond is definitely a special place in regards to its history and stuff like that and and the way people are here but honestly around campus and meeting people i've met nothing but love and and support even from you know people in my dorm students i meet around campus mm-hmm. so i think everyone's pretty much on the same track right now um you know as far as being active making sure that their voices are heard and um the election coming up is big everyone i'm pretty sure everyone on the team at this point has voted mm-hmm. so yeah if anything i just, I just have to say vote please please vote it's the most important thing you can do right now definitely make a plan get out there and vote um so so at the same time obviously it's a great moment of unrest and you also especially combining with covid um but like you guys mentioned you know kind of the transition was made easier into richmond having your teammates there um how much has been you know having your teammates and, and having basketball has that been a big sense of normalcy for you guys almost a space where you can kind of go do that and you don't have to think about the pandemic or everything going on and just kind of getting to hone in on basketball yeah, I, I'll say that's the most normal thing here mm-hmm. being in college will be basketball. Having your teammates around, just building chemistry and just being on the court. Mm-hmm. All right. So I didn't prep you guys for this one. I'm about to put you guys on the spot. Nate might get mad at me for this, but for, for listeners who maybe don't know, uh, obviously Nate Kao, senior on the team, has become somewhat of a TikTok star online. So I'm going to do, do a little segment with you all. I'm putting you on the spot. We're doing – it's going to be called Bucket – or brick i'm gonna show y'all three of nate's tiktoks and you're gonna have to rate it if it's a bucket or a brick y'all ready yeah all right all right let me share the screen real quick all right <laughs> y'all have you guys made an appearance on his tiktok yet most definitely no are you trying to that might be in the back. i might be in one maybe all right all right can you guys see is it pulling up yes yeah, yeah. Okay, hold up, hold up. <laughs> Here we go. Okay, can we see it? All right, I'm going to run back one time because it got cut <laughs> off. <laughs> bucket. I've bucket, seen that yeah, one multiple bucket. times. That's a bucket. <laughs> that's right a bucket. bucket? That's a bucket? All right. All right. Bucket from both of them. Two for two. All right. Let's go on to the next one. All 
that's true. Give them a bucket. A I think that's right very there. true, man. That's very true. We were in yeah. class the other day and we were talking about some like company or something like that. And like just in class, I'd never even heard of it. Instagram post advertisement for that company shows up two hours later. The advertisements are crazy, man. So we, we got a bucket or a brick on this? Bucket. Bucket? All right. See, y'all are smart. Y'all are freshmen. You know you can't say you can't say brick. <laughs> they just right, doesn't... last one. Oh, this one went viral. Come on now. This yeah. is the big one. This is the big one. You even gotta show us that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bucket. That's yeah. a bucket, Jai. We concur. Yep, bucket. All right, Nate. Shout out. You got three buckets. I don't think they were gonna say otherwise, but we'll give them credit. I'm done. I'm done putting y'all on the spot. Uh, pre- <laughs> appreciate you. I, I I thought of that like three minutes before. That was some nonsense, but we may have to we may have to do that one again um appreciate y'all hopping on episode 19 spider scoop podcast go get after it i know you guys got a got a busy routine to get after in, in a season coming up so appreciate it man nothing but luck and uh hope you guys stay safe for the uh, rest of the semester sure man thanks for having us yeah thanks for having us yeah anytime bro yeah the ones that hate me the most look just like me you tell me what that means. Make a slick comment and see what that brings. I've seen it go down, we can reenact things. Extreme like DMXing. These boys pussy and they PMSing. People in the city see the movement occurring and say, my God, I wanna be in that scene. Damn right, you wanna be in this scene. She had the video trying to be in this scene. Used to fantasize about being this scene. Bluegrass girl, but she got big dreams. Can't touch me, I got instincts. Locked in the house, but I'm plotting things. I brought a gang to the party with me. Five white boys, but they not in sync. <laughs> Fuck what y'all think. Fuck everything that you say about me. My dogs like to play Madden in 2K. But one thing they don't do is play about me. My homeboy Tyler, he playing South Beach. He told me this summer he gon' fix my jumper. I told Boy Wonder that we might got a thumper. I've been trying to pop, now I'm on like Shumper. Now they on my bumper. Green room chock full of all my comforts. Hotel room like heaven on earth. Got angels in my bed with some all white covers. Pro Nemo, Lucian Kiso, Sloop Clay Tufo, and I got a few more I call my brothers. I got a lot of flows and they all like butter. Ooh, you know what that means. I came home nice, but I'm going back mean. I'm about to glow trot when they know a vaccine. Motherfuckers act lost, but they know exactly what's going on. Made a mill and I don't know what to blow it on. I tell a critic, shut up like my show is on. Gave a t-shirt to a set, throw it on. She wanted many high school classmates, I'm growing on. My peers ain't popping, they don't know what's going wrong. Y'all well-dressed, but you ain't got soul, and you just can't sew it on. I'm trying to tell y'all boys. I got a few songs I can sell y'all boys. I tried it back then. It was hell, nah, boy. Now I'm in a box like a Kellogg's toy. The ones that hate me the most look just like me. You tell me what that means. Make a slick comment and see what that brings. I've seen it go down. We can reenact things. Extreme like DMXing. These boys pussy and they PMSing. People in the city see the movement occurring and say, my God, I want to be in that scene. Damn right you want to be in this scene. She had the video trying to be in this scene. Used to fantasize about being this scene. Bluegrass girl, but she got big dreams. Can't touch me, I got instincts. Locked in the house, but I'm plotting things. I brought a gang to the party with me. Five white boys, but they not in sync. No, they not in sync. No, they not in sync. Heard the JT. No, they not in sync. Heard the JT. No, they not in sync. No, they not in sync. No, no. No, they not in sync. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Superlight Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot code SUPER24.